Hey everyone, this is CG Hawk on the Bulldog Sports Show. It is now time for our Manchester City talk here on the program. We are going to discuss Manchester City's great victory over Chelsea last Saturday. And this was a great match, one that I was pumped up to watch. And living in the United States, living in the Chicago area, it was a very early match for me to have to get up to watch on a Saturday. Woke up at 6.30 to watch this one go down. Well worth it. Manchester City got the W. And there were some great moments for Manchester City in this match. Now I'm going to recap the match right this very minute. First for the starting 11s on both sides. I'll start with Chelsea first. Chelsea's starting 11 goes as follows. In goal, from Senegal, Edouard Mendy. Defenders, from Germany, Antonio Rüdiger. From Denmark, Andreas Christensen. And from Spain, Cesar Azpicoleta. Midfielders, from Spain, Marcus Alonso. From Italy, Jorginho. From France, Nicolo Kante. From Croatia, Mateo Kovacic. From England, Reese James. And forwards from Belgium, Romelu Lukaku. And from Germany, Timo Werner. That is Chelsea's starting 11. And an interesting thing to note Reese James did have to leave the match about the 30th minute mark due to injury. So we'll be keeping an eye on Reese James and we'll keep listeners of the program updated on any injury news. For Rich James. Now for Manchester City's starting side, led by Pep Guardiola, the unflappable manager, we have in goal from Brazil, Ederson, defenders from England, Kyle Walker from Portugal, Ruben Diaz from Spain, Emmerick Laporte from Portugal, Joao Cancelo, midfielders from Spain, Rodri from Belgium, Kevin. De Bruyne from Portugal, Bernardo Silva, and forwards from Brazil, man of the match, Gabriel Jesus, from England, Jack Grealish, and also from England, Phil Foden. Those are their respective starting sides. For statistics, I like to look at head-to-head stats and match stats when I'm discussing Matches, especially via PremierLeague.com, they do an excellent job of breaking down stats of note that occurred during the match that can be important to discuss. An interesting thing, in recent matches between the two sides, they have played each other very recently. And in the last five matches between the two clubs, Manchester City won the most recent one, which was the one we we're talking about. Then they lost 2-1 to one on May 8th. On January 3rd, they beat Chelsea 3-1. Then in 2020, June 25th, Chelsea beat Manchester City 2-1. And then on Saturday, November 23rd, 2019, Manchester City beat Chelsea 2-1. So pretty even in the last five matches overall between the clubs. And in most recent matches, 
the last five most recent matches for both sides. Chelsea had come on an unbeaten run coming into this match, beating Arsenal, drawing Liverpool, beating Aston Villa, and beating the Spurs. And Manchester City also was unbeaten coming into this match in the most recent matches, beating Norwich, Arsenal, Leicester, and drawing with Southampton, entering this big battle between the two sides. And overall in the season, Chelsea has was undefeated. They had not lost a match yet. And very good match for Manchester City getting the W in this one. Now we're going to talk about goals scored and moments to discuss. So for goals, there was one. That was Gabriel Jesus' goal in the 53rd minute. And this was an excellent opportunity by Gabriel. Joe Cancelo had an excellent chance on net, but it bounced off the crossbar. City got the ball back. And Gabriel Jesus was able to take advantage. And this was an excellent try by him because he had four Chelsea defenders basically on him. And he was facing the wrong way. And he was able to do an excellent turn back around, basically in one movement with his right foot. And scored an awesome goal past Edouard Mendy to give City the 1-0 lead. And if you're looking at difficulty chances for this opportunity by Gabriel, I would at least give it an 8 on difficulty. He had to turn all the way around, basically, and not even plant himself pretty much turn around and shoot immediately. He's able to get it done. And it's good to see him get some goals. He's been a little bit inconsistent lately, but this was a great chance by Gabriel, and he got us on the board. And the reason that this was such a big opportunity and great chance by him was that up to this point, Chelsea had basically done nothing on offense. Their offense was stuck in place. They hadn't got any shots on target. Few shots, if at all. The offense didn't look very good. City's defense with Kyle Walker, Ruben Diaz, and Mercury Port, Jelkinsello were fantastic, keeping Lukaku, Timo Werner, Luvo Conte off pace. They were unable to make any chances happen. And the only reason City would not have won this game, in my opinion, was if Chelsea stopped us from scoring. If it kept it 0-0, we would have drawn. But I thought if we could get at least one goal, the chances of winning were very high. And that was proven correct with the one goal got us the W. An interesting thing to note so far for City in all matches we played against the Spurs, Norwich, Arsenal, Leicester, Southampton, and now Chelsea, we've only allowed one total goal. And that was not a goal that was allowed in play. That was a goal on a penalty. So far, City's only allowed one goal at all. Chelsea's also been excellent, too. They have not allowed many goals. So this was a battle of the defense, and the first to one was going to get the W most likely, and that appeared to be us. So for substitutions, 
we had only a few, and they were all very late as well. So none of them really had any big impact in the match. But to name them, in the 81st minute, Riyad Mahrez was substituted for Kelvin De Bruyne. In the 87th minute, Raheem Sterling was subbed in for Phil Foden. And also in the 87th minute, Fernandino was substituted for Jack Grealish. And that was this match, how it went down. For subs for Chelsea, they had injury sub in 29th minute. Thiago Silva came in for Reese James. 76th minute, the man who was on Fulham last season, and I got so fed up with him as a Fulham supporter. He was so inconsistent. They kept talking about his potential every week, like his potential is so good. But he was never good for Fulham, and that is Ruben Loftus-Cheek came in for Jorginho. And also in the 60th minute, Kai Havertz came in for Nagolo Kante. Now for the matches upcoming for both sides. We have first for Chelsea on Saturday, October 2nd. They take on Southampton at home at Stamford Bridge. This one will be at 9 a.m. local time in Chicago area on the USA Network and Universo if you want to watch this match. Chelsea should take the W in this one, but Southampton has played well defensively lately, and they are a side that can make stuff happen. I don't know if they have enough to beat Chelsea, but this one could be a draw, or Chelsea could win it close, not a blowout. Then the next one for City is Sunday, October 3rd, the main match of the weekend, the one most people are looking for. I won't be able to watch this one, but... Hopefully it will be amazing. I can catch some highlights later. This one is Liverpool, Manchester City at Anfield on NBCSN and Telmundo at 10.30 local time. This one's going to be big between City and Liverpool. Jurgen Klopp's side, Pep Guardiola, both going at it with players such as Mo Salah and Sado Mane against De Bruyne. Gabriel Jesus. It's going to be a big match. Hopefully City can get the W in this one over Liverpool, or at least the draw. It is on the road at Liverpool, so it'll be more difficult for City. But our defense has been stout. But Liverpool has also been very good offensively lately, scoring well. We have two, but in retrospect, the two game three had the most goals, five apiece, was against a dismal Arsenal side and a Poor Norwich City. Arsenal has turned around lately, playing a little bit better, but still they're not. They have not been fantastic. And Norwich City is at the bottom for a reason. But maybe City can take advantage. A one-one, two-one win. That'd be great. Thanks for listening to this Manchester City talk for episode eighty-two of the Bullock Sports Show. You can stay tuned for more coverage. Some of the coverage we'll be discussing on episode 82 is talking about the Chicago Sky and the WNBA in the playoffs. We'll talk about NWSL, most likely, Chicago Fire, managerial news for sure, and more.
Thank you. Stay tuned for more on the Walk Sports Show. It is time for the recap between Manchester City and Liverpool. The heavyweight match between two of the most feared clubs in the Premier League. This is what we've been waiting for for weeks. Liverpool City. All some of the best stars on the pitch for this match. Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, Kevin De Bruyne, Gabriel Jesus, Ruben Diaz, Jordan Henderson, and more. Who will come out on top between these two heavyweight title contenders? City looking to repeat. Liverpool looking to win again after winning two seasons ago. Who will win the first match on the 2021-2022 Premier League season between these two clubs? Now for the starting lineups. In a 4-3-3 formation for City in goal from Brazil, Ederson. Defenders from England, Kyle Walker. Portugal, Ruben Diaz, the captain. From Spain, Emmerich Laporte. From Portugal, Joao Cancelo. Midfielders from Spain, Rodri. From Belgium, my favorite player on Manchester City, Kevin De Bruyne. From Portugal, Bernardo Silva. And forwards from Brazil, Gabriel Jesus. From England, Jack Grealish. And also from England, Phil Foden. This is City's lineup, led by manager Pep Guardiola. Now for Liverpool starting 11 in a 4 3 3 formation, same as City. In goal, from Brazil, Allison, which goalkeeper from Brazil will come out on top in this match? Ederson or Allison, both from Brazil. Both one name used in the stat sheet. So for defenders from Netherlands, Virgil van Dijk. From England, James Milner. From Scotland, Andrew Robertson. And from Cameroon, Joel Matip. Now for midfielders from Brazil, Fabinho from England, Jordan Henderson, the captain from England, Curtis Jones. Forwards from Senegal, Sadio Mane. From Egypt, Mohamed Salah. And from Portugal, Diego Jata, led by manager Jurgen Klopp. This was a definitely... A match that I wish I could have saw, but I was out of town in Pittsburgh, so I sadly had to miss this match. But I watched some highlights and listened to sports news, and they talked about the match and what went down, so I'm prepared to discuss it. So for stats, before we get into the action on the field, stats, possession, city led 51-48. to Shots on target, 4-3 Liverpool. Shots, 12-6 City. Touches, passes, City-led tackles, 
Liverpool led. Clearances City and Corners City. Offsides led Liverpool. Yellow cards drawn at three. And fouls conceded 10 to 12 Liverpool. So pretty much relatively even on both sides. On the most important things in possession and shots to target were very close. And shots total, City did have the advantage, but the goal's amount was still the same. And in head-to-head, they have played 49 total matches between the two clubs. Liverpool has led the series 20 wins. Manchester City with 11 wins and 18 draws. Liverpool has won 16 at home, 4 on the road. And City's won 9 at home, 2 on the road. The most recent match between the two sides was on February 7th, 2021, which was a four-win City win. Before that, they drew 1-1 in November 2020. July 2020, it was a 4-0 City win. And then in November 2019, Liverpool won 3-1. And coming in in their most recent matches, Liverpool is undefeated with a draw against Chelsea, beating Leeds, beating Palace, drawing Brentford, and now this result. And City came in with a win against Arsenal, win against Leicester, draw Southampton, win against Chelsea, and then this result. Those are the results so far. Now for the action between the two clubs. We have to get down to the action. First, we get to who scored first. So at halftime, it was 0-0. No one got on the board. There was a yellow card, Ruben Diaz. And there was a yellow card to James Milner. So that's what had happened so far at halftime. 0-0, zero, zero, two yellow cards given out. Now we get to the second half with some substitutions. Weren't made by Pep Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp yet, but it was definitely right for some goals. I could see goals happening for sure. I thought at least one goal would happen. So in the 59th minute, the first goal of the match was scored. When Sadio Mane had a great right-footed shot from center of box, left corner, assisted by Mo Salah. Great pass by Salah to get to Sadio Mane, the tag team partners, and Mane made it happen with a one-goal strike to give Liverpool the 1-0 lead. And then substitutions. Raheem Sterling came for Jack Grealish in the 66th minute. And... Right after, Liverpool conceded their first goal. But Phil Foden had a great, difficult angled shot past Allison, assisted by Jesus, to make it 1-1 tie late into the night. Then we get to the next goal for Liverpool in the 76th minute. Mo Salah had a good shot. Assisted by Curtis Jones, difficult shot, passed 
Ederson, 2-1 Liverpool. And then five minutes later, the match reached its conclusion when Kevin De Bruyne had an excellent strike past Allison, straight to center of the goal. The tie hit at 2-2, and that was the final result. 2-2 draw between Liverpool and City in this momentous heavyweight competition. Now for the upcoming fixtures between the two clubs. Liverpool's next match is October 16th. It's international break, so they have two weeks off versus Watford. And then for City, their next match is against Burnley at home, which is good because Burnley at Turf Moor can be difficult, but at home will be a little easier. And that's what we got. So thanks for listening to this recap and discussion on Manchester City's most recent match. Go City. Can't wait for our next W. Welcome to the Bullock Sports Show, and we have a very special guest for this week's episode 83, and thank you for people who are tuning in live on this recording, and welcome DJ Mabel to the Bullock Sports Show. Great to have you on. Oh, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing this since um, 2019. 2019, yeah. pre-pandemic, so we didn't see this coming, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, so, all right, first things first, how are you doing? And um, I know you've been having a, uh, a day so far, but um, we're going to get to know uh, Mabel. Um, the person and also um, we're going to talk a little bit about mental health so yeah so so you're asking about my day so far yeah it's uh, been a little while I had to take my partner to get a COVID test so it's it's uh, one of those days we've got a bit of a sick household but um, this is a, a nice little break from caretaker for a second to talk to you guys about something that you guys know means a lot to me, and I know it means a lot to you to talk about mental health. So I, I really appreciate you thinking of me to, to talk about this subject. Yeah, very true. And um, we definitely have a lot to cover. And so first thing is uh, to tell us about your – we can – dive into um, your hobbies and if you have played any sports and also um, about uh, how you became a DJ yeah Yeah. Yeah. how it came about (laughs) cool okay so you said start with hobbies and sure yeah okay sports um so I played soccer from about kindergarten through high school I did not continue on into college um wasn't quite I, I never kind of anticipated pursuing it beyond high school, but um, I loved it for you know pretty much my entire childhood and still love watching soccer. And uh, so that was my main sport. And nowadays, um, 
I don't want to sound like I'm any good at all, but I'm trying my best to learn how to golf. Uh, we haven't, uh, my partner golfs, and we haven't gone out in quite some time uh, just because we've been getting, getting settled in and we've been moving around and haven't gotten out there lately. But that is that is like the, the next sport that I would like to work on is golf, probably. Sure, yeah, that that's amazing. We are huge fans of soccer, and so we have a high respect to that sport and enjoy playing it from time to time as well um and yeah right now just enjoying watching it i know it's been a year and, and a half since we've been able to and finally being able to go out there and go to a matchup whether it's in uh school or just the pros it's been amazing to get back out there just to watch it so um i hope you get that chance too as well when that time comes so uh and uh any oh, before yeah. i move on i want to comment on one of the Comments. Disc golf sure. is really fun, so I, I agree with that. <laughs> it looks fun. I've never yeah. tried it, but it does look fun. Sure it is. Yeah, Carrie Ann with no vest. Uh, I also always like foot golf. I don't know if you guys have ever tried that, but what's that? Uh, it's it's a combination of golf and soccer. It's you. The, the oh, holes I've seen that. Are yeah. big enough for a soccer ball? So I've always wanted to try that. So that's on my list too. Oh. oh yeah that's interesting related is uh when they set up like bowling pins like you have like um kind of like pole soccer almost i've done that <laughs> um okay. on campus so um and how about um just mabel the person and um your favorite things to do oh well nowadays um we we just bought our first house earlier this year so a lot of my time nowadays is sort of like fixing up the house and we bought a house that was like half ready half fixer upper so it's been a lot of house projects and and settling in but I've also wanted to live in a house and have my own yard for years so we have a lot of fun um, doing that and so lately it's been a lot of that and a lot of working on DJing just because it's a relatively new passion of mine yes. so a lot of my free time does sort of go to the the career stuff trying to work on DJing and producing um and then nothing else super exciting again we just moved to upstate New York and um we I really want to be more of a camper so we kind of anticipate trying to do some camping yeah uh, there we go so beautiful here and the mountains and everything so i know there are going to be some great spots to do that uh right before right before the pandemic we were kind of getting into the idea of camping and it it at the beginning of the pandemic was a good idea because it was a socially distanced thing to do um so that is something that we're looking to get into uh, but nowadays it, it's i guess i you're making me realize that i don't have a ton of exciting hobbies right now it's a lot of like adult things like working on the house yeah and, but and, yeah i guess yeah. basically not to put you on the spot but like it's how about some things that you haven't been able to do but like that you've usually done before um you know the moving and things like that uh, that you've enjoyed um like usual yeah that's a good question so um, in my 
my life, my former career, I, I'm very into videography. So um, that is something I miss a little bit that I've kind of gotten away from is videography and uh, finding ways to sort of do that in my free time. So that's something that I've always been a little bit of passion about. What else did I do before the pandemic hit? I'm a bit of a homebody. I'm not going to lie. Um, I am a bit of a homebody, but truly at the end of last year is when I fell in love with dance music. And I do really love going to, to live events. Like you said, live sports or live concerts and stuff like that. So um, we finally just kind of got to go to one outdoor show. It was, it was the Black Crows. I don't know if you guys know yes. that Yeah, I know the Black Crows. Yeah, we have um, a friend who was working the event and was able to get us tickets. And we, it was this outdoor situation that felt really safe. And when we went there, I was like, oh, I forgot how good this feels. I miss going to live shows. So live music is something that I really liked. Um, and I also just, I love being a homebody. I am perfectly content with sitting on the couch and, and watching Hulu. I love that you said Hulu because most their first pick will be Netflix. I'm I'm also a Hulu I'm also a Hulu guy, so it used to be yeah. and I, I realized yeah. recently that I haven't been on Netflix very recently at all. Nothing too Netflix good. Like yeah. apps, though, so there are just way too many choices. I don't have very true. Netflix Yeah, you know what? Um just to uh talk Netflix we when we're not free like uh, before after or just just for like leisure like when we're watching um, here in studio Netflix uh, we've gotten into something that I love um, in general which is street food and there's actually a show named that uh, where they have they go around um, you know the first season they just do Asia and they go to like the Philippines and Thailand and all those places and the one person the chef or the owner they uh will uh, tell their story which is uh, yeah it's some of the best food in my opinion that you can have that um you don't get every day so it's very intriguing to watch oh yeah and you you just jogged my memory by the way board games i love board games oh me, me too that's another homebody thing about me but like we play cribbage all the time um a growing collection of board games uh but i also just really love watching tv and i know that's terrible i started reading a little bit again proud of myself i started like putting the remote down a little bit more and reading more um yeah and then i think probably the last thing is i used to travel i used to travel more not so much uh in Mm -hmm. my later 20s i was more like in college but i used to do a lot more traveling and that was That would be nice. I've, I've run into like some health issues and just adulting that's yep, kept so me, speak. you know, home and yeah. working on adult things. Yeah. But it would be nice to get back to traveling one day. That was an For old sure. passion too. We're, we're all relatively young. Uh, we're still, uh, well, I guess all of us were just about reaching our late uh, 20s, right? So like we um, do as much as possible. And uh, so, you know, we can look back and say that we've had like the best time right since we're still here yeah so i believe naturally uh, i mentioned about uh, pr- producing and getting into things um 
what are your favorite music genres overall? Ooh, to I'm play so and as a fan, it. yeah. Huh? Either or, as a fan um, and to like mix. I would say my, um, well, I would say my listening genres are probably way more broad than what I mix. Uh, when it comes to DJing, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty narrow on tech house and bass house. Uh, but I, I really love music that has a lot of variety to it. So I would get really, really bored if it was just a lot of instrumentals with no vocals and no. Uh, more, more techno or something like that. You know, I, I usually need a lot of like interest in vocals or melodies or instruments, um, which is why I think I like Sophie Tucker so much. I see that. Yeah, and we we know about that. <laughs> Sophie Tucker, yeah. all mutually in, in chat, share that for love sure. for Sophie Tucker. But as a listener, it's it's honestly so much more broad than that. Um, I've met. Pinknick was my first dance music festival ever, and um, I cannot I believe like, that. But I remember you you told me that like I haven't been to one yet, and I was so happy to see that you did. I know. I used to be. I was big in country music growing up, so I've been to a ton of country music festivals and a ton ton of country concerts, and I still love country. Um, and then. And then, like, I, I can listen to more more chill stuff, um, but I will say the dance music has really creeped in, and it's become my most commonly played thing, just because it gives me so much energy, and something I, like, that fools me like I've never had before, but, um, so, and I don't mind listening to things like melodic house and stuff like that, if, especially if I want to relax, but... For me, when it comes to mixing, it's like gotta be something. Something housey. Speaking of being a, a home person. Like uh, <laughs> another weird, ins- um, not inspiration, but someone who kind of factors into the music that I like is Yanni, the composer Yanni. Um, so because he just uses so many different instruments and brings in so many worldly sounds and everything, so it's kind of all over the board, I would say. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, that I'm the same way. Um, I used to say like I, um, from what we do here, um, having sports uh, talk, um, I say to everyone like I don't discriminate uh, with a type of sport. I in, I will, if I'm not a fan of it, I will check it out because I'm a fan of of sports in general. So that's the same thing with music. I will check it out. I might not like a few or really listen too much, but like I don't mind uh, diving into that uh, just like you would. And I believe CJ is the same way mm. with that, but he yeah. has his, his differences. Have, other, ones I don't, <laughs> other ones I don't like. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's obviously some you don't like, right? Like I yeah. don't listen to the screaming heavy metal. No, I don't listen to that. I never, I couldn't do that. There's a I good guess. time for that. <laughs> I love pop music. Me too. Um, I love country. I could, I could even listen to jazz or something. Mm-hmm. I think probably just like the intense screaming or punk type stuff is a little outside of my True. box. But I'm the same way as you. It's like so many 
I'm not super super picky. Yeah. There you go. I believe that's the way to go at IFO. So naturally, um, what got you inspired to start DJing and um, uh, how do you uh, see, or should I ask, um, are you trying to become a producer as well? I know you've you've hinted uh, at that at the same time, but I know you're just getting started and um, having a lot of fun with that. Uh, amazing to see your journey so far. But uh, tell us about um, DJing. Oh, well, it's been so nice to have you be a part of it. just like 
fell in love with Daybreaker and this community and dance music and dancing got me moving again. Like I wasn't, I had a long period of time where I wasn't even walking. Like I was just so sedentary in my house because of how sick I was. And I realized that if I put music on, it like put me in a different state and I could do more than I thought I could, you know, like I could move my body more than I thought I could. So it started with just a little dancing and going on walks and having music on. And then I'd start like skipping on my walks and dancing on my walks and not caring what my neighbors thought. And this whole time I'm like going through, you know, like a lot of doing therapy. I'm doing a lot of inner work. And then during a daybreaker, this duo named Sophie Tucker, um, came onto one of the live streams because Daybreaker typically gets together in person, but during the pandemic, they switched to live streams. And they just came out with their song Spa with Icona Pop. And so, and they are friends of Radha Agrawal, who is um, the Daybreaker Mama. And so they came on to like, you know, promote their new song and celebrate their new song. And I started seeing a couple people on the Zoom room with like these flags that said freak behind them. And I was like, what? Who are these people? <laughs> and might be um, intimidating. But it turns yeah, out different. <laughs> Vicky Winters was one of them. Um, uh, she was really the one who like stood out the most to me. She just looked like she was having a ball and I really you know, kind of very intrigued by Sophie Tucker from them being on Daybreaker. And that's when I decided to check them out and found found their daily live streams they were doing. And I don't know what it was. Something something just clicked that I watched them do it and was like, I just think I want to try that. I just that looks dance music has been so healing for me physically, mentally. Um, it's it feels like it saved me in a lot of ways and um, something about DJing has always felt a little natural to me. I, I really love video editing um, and like transitions and um, in journalism, they never let me put music in my stories and I hated it. And I always wanted to add emotion with like transition with, with music and sound and something yeah, was just like naturally pulling me to it. And so I, I downloaded uh, like the DJ Pro app just so it's like I'm not going to buy all this gear if I'm really not if I'm just in love with Sophie Tucker and not really in love with DJing so um, I tested it that app it something in me was telling me to go for it and I bought the gear and I've I've, I've never I've never loved like something I've been doing so much it's it's really like the one thing that makes me forget about my health issues like I'll have to be having the worst day mentally physically anything and I get behind this controller and I forget about that and it all goes away and I just have intense joy and I'm in just such a flow state and um I would I never expected it but I just fell in love like really really hard really fast and and I've been working on it ever since that's genius. Yeah, you know, the the saying goes that um, we talk about uh, time, how we can uh, pause it. Uh, music can stop time. And so it's good distraction from, uh, could bring you back. 
it can like reset your mood um as you've been yeah. saying isn't that wild it can yeah. really change your state like you can listen to something emotional and you were you were you were all cool and collected and then all of a sudden you're emotional or you can listen and be feeling like i listen to something you know that makes me happy and all of a sudden i'm i'm twirling around my living room when i thought that i was like not going to be able to stand up it's it's just wild how it puts me in a different state and yeah Yeah, I believe that um, that is why for us that we share um, the common uh, thing with music is we can, again, like reset our moods. And that's why we're fans of different genres. So we, you know, we can maybe uh, have that. Maybe we could change ourselves um, and not stick to a, a box, right? what's up yeah there is no ceiling to to that and i've i've been in those zooms where um super special we had uh sophie in there talking to us lp and mini bear i was like oh this is just we just sit back and 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 listen to that and like write down notes uh, a little bit, but like really like save it for later because it's like oh this will be recorded let's just like suck this in because they're like the pros um of doing that so um i know mini bear has been a supporter of um a few of us and um especially for you so that's really awesome to see as well and she doesn't have to do that but she makes time for that um you're so right she's yeah. she has so much going on between her own creative ventures and fem house um and she is just the nicest human being like the fact that she does give me the time of day and and, and she 
sports team <laughs> is so motivating when people you look up to what league? like do that for you and I look up to those three so much yeah so do I and um, naturally with Twitch and with uh, career uh, Jitsunair says want to gain some followers please contact me I guess the, the, the bot was having he was battling the bots <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> what is up Jitsun from DJ Jackson Sakani in the house all the way from India oh thank you for joining Carrie Ann have a good rest of your day yes Carrie Ann I always love seeing her because she that's just every time I see her I say she reminds me of my mom because that's yeah. Care Bear is what my mom's nickname was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I love seeing her. <laughs> so do I. And um, I believe naturally, uh, with all that tied in, uh, we had little bits of mental health. So we're moving into the second part of this. Um, and we're just going to do free for all. So between uh, us three and then everyone, that's feel free to write in the chat. Um, we're going to start the round table. So the three of us first, um, how do you define mental health? We're going to start with Mabel. Oh, I didn't expect that one. How do you yeah, that's a dramatic one. Yes. That's like very broad. Yeah. I, I could go a different ways with that. It is a broad one. Jeez. It could be very simple, <laughs> simple but, definition. But, um, or I, honestly, when I, when I say like I'm, I care a lot about mental health. Um, when I say that, it, it really means I think it's talked about enough, and I think it's not viewed as serious as physical health. But truly, when it comes to the state of your your mind that is um, not in a place that's just as dangerous as when your your physical health is suffering. And mental health um, is can really touch on so many things. People have like mental illness, you know, diagnoses. People, um, I think most, if not all, human beings struggle with anxiety just on different um, levels and you know different ends of the spectrum. Um, and uh, mental health to me is, is taking care of yourself beyond just I, I broke a bone or it's just so much more complex and it can, it can cause physical health issues. Um, so I don't know if that's the best definition. No, that's, that's, good. that's not bad. That's, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, what about you guys? Let me, you probably have yeah I'm so curious. yeah thanks for that we'll have cj give his definition yeah later. sure um, introduce yeah. no that's good way to look at mental health i always think of mental health uh, like emotion emotional health and like 
different fans, and we'll talk about it later for sure, but self-care is important to me, and I think definitely giving more awareness to people who have mental health illnesses is very important, and there's organizations doing good work with um, like increasing visibility for people who have different mental health disorders, and definitely needs to be talked about in Western society and yeah, and, uh, stigma still yeah. oh yeah still stigma well, there's, there's, a, there's a long way to go oh yeah very true and then on to for myself um, I haven't dealt with um, as much as um, as Mabel would uh, in terms of uh, like your, what what you've done beforehand your your career um, to have that but I feel like from time to time like I, I get back to uh, thinking about uh, when I've had some struggles and I guess you could put that into mental health um, just whether it's overthinking or just not uh, taking care of uh, myself uh, enough um, putting others before uh, myself um, and that can probably put a strain, you know, after a while. Um, and also emphasis on, again, uh, self-care. Uh, that is something that we are should be conscious about. And that uh, all uh, ties in all the other health, such as emotional and physical health. So uh, things can... can um, lead to one another so uh, that's all part of it in my opinion and so I believe we're just finding that out uh, and we're still learning uh, especially in uh, the US uh, as we said Western culture uh, we're definitely more uh, kind of one-sided like individualistic and it's been cool to see kind of both sides we've almost become as a community as um, the freak fam we've been able to share a lot of things um, all together and kind of get away from um, quote-unquote western culture in a way and been able to um, see um, ourselves uh, through that too so that's how that's such a good point that it, it looks different on everybody right yeah. so like for some people mental health to them might mean I get in my own way. I like, you know, yeah. talk myself out of going for things that I really want to pursue because I've got the voice in my head telling me that I'm, I'm not enough. And it, for other people, it's debilitating. Yep. Um, and for some people, it means physical panic attacks. And I, like, I don't mind sharing that um, I was in high school when I had my first panic attack and had to go to the emergency room. Like, it is, it is so, um, people are, are very fortunate if they've never had to deal with, like, mental health on an extreme, uh, you know, side of it, but then there are also people who need, you know, medications and, like, really intense therapy or yeah. treatment, so that's such a good point that it's, it's, it ranges all the way from, like, self-care and, and knowing that your thoughts aren't your own and, and all that kind of all that kind of stuff to things that are like real medical 
such a complex issue. Yeah. For sure. And do you want to mention what you do? For what? For NAMI. Oh, yeah. I also work at um, NAMI's Metro, Metro Suburban. And, like, we do a lot of good work with mental health. And one of the places I'm there at, we have... Um, it's a drop-in center. People come in to like socialize and participate in activities on mental health, and we do good work there. And I like sharing that. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. And there's a, there's there's oh my gosh, there's so many like corners of it. There's the addiction, yep, mm-hmm. you know, aspect, and and so many things. So so uh, multifaceted. So that's why it, it becomes hard when we go. How do we define mental health? There's so yeah. Many so many things. So a lot of people just think, you know, maybe depression. And that's the first yeah, thing. Yeah, easy mm-hmm. anxiety to put in a box. Right. Or maybe yeah. tie anxiety and depression together. Yeah. But, um, but there, there's many, 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 many. Yeah. Different stuff. So let's see. Um, let's move on. So the next one it I want to ask is, um, how did you balance? the pandemic and like taking care of yourself like self-care like especially the early part of the pandemic not really now it's getting better but like early on and yeah on top of that like like, during lockdowns on the side do you believe that the pandemic escalated it to put more importance like got you to think about um yourself more um you know about like mental mentally um and all that because i can say for myself that i did um so oh absolutely i mean for me the pandemic was um probably really important for my mental health because i was not properly taking care of it for years and um i knew that i was struggling but i was just it down and in fact my my boss who ended up having to lay me off was uh she's an incredible woman and um i was in journalism like i honestly didn't really feel like a lot of people cared about the struggles i was going through when it came to bosses and stuff but then i meet this woman who cared so much so much that it was mind-blowing. I could cry in front of my boss. She she saw something bubbling up in me because she had been through it herself. And she could see that I was really struggling to manage my anxiety. And she, um, even before my layoff, was pushing me in the direction of giving me advice on things like recommending books and, and, and some therapeutic techniques and some teachers on Instagram because she could see that I was, I've struggled with anxiety since, like I said, since my teen years, maybe, maybe earlier. Um, and so the pandemic kind of forced me to address it head on because I was going through all these health issues and then I had my layoff and I just, kind of, my ropes kind of stopped. And I said, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm, I'm deeply depressed, which was largely due to uh, honestly, like my physical health issues were contributing to that. 
eating because of the health issues. I had developed an eating disorder that was making me extremely depressed. Uh, I, without, and then I was laid off. And so I was already like, it was bubbling right at the surface. And then this layoff just caused this whole, I, what do I do now? I, have, I don't have a sense of direction. I, the, this, the world feels like it's imploding. And um, it forced me to address stuff that I had been pushing down and ignoring by just working all the time. And that's when it all kind of hit me that I was not okay. And I, I hit my absolute rock bottom. Um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to trigger anybody, but I had some really scary thoughts. Um, I think we all kind of know what I'm trying to say. Um, I was in a really dark place and I was pushed to the point of, I had, I had to get help. Um, and I had the time to do it. I had no excuse anymore to not do it. You know, I was like, oh, I'm busy. I need to work. I need to do this. And then everything, my job was gone, and I, and it forced me to say, I can't keep living like this. I mean, I'm not going to keep living if I, if I don't do something about this. And so I had all this time, and I finally decided I need support. I can't do this on my own anymore. And I got a therapist for the first time. And um, I just don't think any of and that my therapist was life changing. She, she helped me so much. She helped me even discover that I had an eating disorder. I wasn't even really aware. And then when she found out how little I was eating due to, I was, and I just chalked it up to, well, you know, it, it hurts me. I have health issues and it hurts to eat and I don't get hungry anymore. And I, oftentimes I didn't eat when I was working in journalism. They really reinforced like, you don't need a break. You're fine. Yeah, you, Keep going. Thanks. And so I, it was just a lot of things that I hadn't come face to face with, and I was just pushing down. That the pandemic taking, taking everything off my plate and forcing me to just look at myself in the mirror. I don't think I would have reached out for a therapist. I don't think I would have started doing inner work if I didn't have this blank slate of, well, you've been you wanted time off because I used to say that. I used to say, oh, I just wish I had some time off to focus on my health. But then every time I had time off, I was like, well, I need to work and I'd find a new job. And then as soon as I got laid off and everybody was like out of work and there wasn't really like a, everyone was kind of confused about what to do. Finally, I just looked at myself and said, girl, this is the time off that you've been asking for. It was just forced upon you. They just took your job away and there's no other time when you could probably take a good chunk of time off other than when everybody else is kind of out of work right now. So um, 100%, I feel like the pandemic, even though it, it did both, it kind of like forced me to have a like tanking mental health, but also forced me to address it and, and get myself out of it. And um, I think for everybody, I think it really exasperated a lot of health issues. Uh, mental health issues because it was stressful and scary and it was really isolating which is really really it's still going it it won't stop yeah so 100 percent um i think it was really hard on a lot of people's mental health but that's my hope is that my hope is that some people you know were like 
to his kind of like the rock bottom to there's nowhere to go but work on myself and go up. Yeah, I completely agree with uh, all of those points and uh, stand by that that we we've all had some sort of uh, thing to deal with uh, mentally, uh, physically too, um, and would agree that it totally escalated. Uh, CJ, agree with that. Uh, and the next part I would like to. Um, ask and also to uh, discuss is do you believe that uh, this is relating to gender biases affecting the mind so have you ever had any struggle whether it's virtually or um, maybe in front of you um, someone whether it's saying something not necessarily saying something nasty but um, kind of excluding you because of your gender or uh, related to that. Uh, it could be in uh, virtually like online, anything and then later you thought back like oh that was kind of unnecessary or you felt like left out and things of that nature. Okay, so you're asking if I felt like someone has like viewed me differently because of my mental health struggles or anything like that? No, I, I think he's trying to say, like, sexism. I think that's what he's trying to talk about. Sexism in the context of... Um, I don't really know what he meant. Whether there, but... virtually or, um, like, in front of you um, um, on the job or things like that, that really irked you. Or maybe at first you didn't think of that, but, like, afterwards you're like, oh... This is something that affected me um, that, like, you thought of more. Do you mean sexism just in general or, like, related to my mental health? Related to mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess something I would say is that I, often, I often feel like I've been labeled as too sensitive um, because I... I can cry very easily, and um, I I just am sensitive. And for a long time, I I felt like I was told that that was a negative thing, um, that it was a bad thing to be really sensitive. And I I definitely experienced a lot of sexism um, in like the healthcare industry so I had a lot of um, male doctors who uh, didn't really take my health super seriously and I never ever wanted to chalk that up to gender I ever but honestly I found a nurse practitioner here in New York who's a woman and I felt heard for the first time ever um, and she's she's it's been day and night with my experience so and I've heard a lot of other women um, talk about that too, but th- that's also different. That's also more of like a power dynamic, right? Of like doctors and and patients. Um, I did experience what I would what I believe is um, sexism or just not, not not treating patients well. And I and I felt like maybe if I was a maybe if I was a doctor 
my doctors wouldn't have treated me that way or would have, um, you know, not viewed me as just like, oh, she's just exaggerating. She's emotional. She's, um, you know, a, a lot of doctors will say maybe it's just, maybe it's just that you have anxiety. Yeah. Um, All these stigmas and stereotypes. Yeah. Oh, I just thought of the best story sure. that is perfect for what you just asked. Sure. Um, I was struggling with my tonsils a few years ago. This is like back in 2017. Um, I was, I struggled with my tonsils like a lot of my life. They were just, I got sick all the time. Like any type of tonsil illness you can think of, I had it. And I finally got to a point where I wanted to get them out. Um, it, they were just blowing up all the time, constantly. And I went to see a doctor and I only knew him through work. He was like a doctor who would come on for segments at our TV station. So it's not like this was a doctor I knew and trusted. Um, it was, I would go into work super sick and people said, hey, just why don't you just run in there when he's doing his segment and talk to him about it? And I did and he set up an appointment with me and I went into this appointment. Keep in mind, this was only to evaluate if I needed to get my tonsils out. And he looked at my chart and he had a, um, a student with him, you know, like a- Apprentice a, maybe? Yeah, I don't know if it was a resident or like, I don't sure. know yeah. the medical term, but yes. he had a student watching Intern, him extern. who was also a man. And mm -hmm. this doctor looked at my chart and said, I see that you, I was either on antidepressants at the time or I had previously been on them. But he saw antidepressants on my chart. And he uh, started asking about it and it, it, it really had nothing to do with my tonsils. And then he looked right at me and then looked at his student and said, 99% of women are on antidepressants. The other 1% want to be. Uh, oh my that gosh. Is, on, that's doctor. outrageous. And uh, it's also I unprofessional. And it was one of those moments where you just don't, uh, you're just shocked at what someone just said to you. So you don't think it was a comeback in the moment. Come on, just doctor. Like, it's almost. Course, I'm, I'm sick. I'm not doing well. And and he made this joke and just laughed with his student. As oh my gosh. When he had no idea why I was on it at all. He had no idea why I was on it. It had nothing to do with the appointment. He ended up not recommending I get my tonsils out. And then I went to an ENT who immediately recommended I get my tonsils out. And I got them out. That's an actual and, business. Um, I, I never could look at him the same way again when he said that to me. I wouldn't either. And that is, that is a really good example. Um, not good at all that they would say that. Not a good doctor. That, uh, not good doctor in general. And we, the we, audacity! Uh, exactly. The software that we also use for that. But yeah, uh, there's... We've talked about in sports um, and also like in general, uh, we mentioned the term evil doctors. And we might be able to classify that. Uh, doctors should get in trouble or just not, you know, actual doctors in general um and uh probably the prime example being uh the one that's in u.s gymnastics um Ugh. who we won't mention the name don't of, mention that guy's name but, um horrible and horrible. that guy's actually a monster this doctor just was 
this with words like rude. It's just rude. Dynamic is really, really, it's really scary, and it's um, it's why it's something that I try to be open about, not just my mental health, but like the my physical health. I've um, I've just had so many, so many doctors talk down to me. Like I, when I was, I had, I have a doctor um, when I was losing weight drastically from my health issues. When I say from my health issues, I mean. I was eating one spoon of rice a day. Oh my god! That's all I could keep down. I was not keeping anything down, and I had lost thirty pounds very quickly. Oof. And I went into his office, and he congratulated me and said, "Oh, I'm so glad you lost that weight. I would love if you you lose twenty of, more." That's, that's tone deaf. Same doctor told me to suck it up and live with it when I wasn't getting a diagnosis oh for a my long gosh. time. The power dynamic oh, is yeah. so awful, and so patient advocacy is like another really big passion of mine that I yes. like talking to people about because beyond because physical health issues, like when you're not being listened to and you are suffering, and you've got doctors who are not taking you seriously or even just belittling you in their office, like that. I mean, it's already hard on your mental health to be sick, right? let alone when the one person who's supposed to be looking out for you is Isn't. not. Yeah. So that's a really good topic you guys brought up. That's something I don't talk about a ton, yeah. but I am more than happy to be open about patient advocacy, appreciate standing up. Yeah, we could, we could appreciate that, that you told us. All. And also we, um, in ways also we are for that. And we, I say for myself that I, um, I'm about that and patient advocacy and just improving. Um, also speeding up like, uh, you know, wait times and everything that uh, that we've seen around here. And yes. there's, a, there's a lot that needs fixed. Definitely. And that's what gets me to think about and which I experienced too because of my ethnic, like my culture, ethnic background, um, we, do uh, I guess you could call this under the holistic healing? Look at like alternative medicine as well. And you mentioned with Daybreaker, I almost forgot that aspect uh, that of meditation. So that's amazing. Um, I would I would um, do a meditation before we would do dancing um, in the Freak Fan Zoom room before uh, with bold meditation because uh, we're all virtual and everyone can listen to the sounds. So uh, that's that's a fun way if anyone doesn't know that Astro Bliss Rabbit I know she's been a part of a bunch of that, um, and so meditation is something yeah. that a lot of people are intimidated by, but it's so healthy, so good for you. Definitely is, yeah. Appreciate it. And so holistic healing, um, you're talking about Western medicine versus Eastern medicine, basically, right? So like for us, like. Um, in like Chinese medicine whatnot, uh, they, I do notice right away, um, if we were to go to Chinatown here in Chicago and uh, go in, um, see, I haven't seen much of the mental health side, but I'm sure they might be speed up the process as well. But the wait time is huge difference. Um, they almost see you like instantly and they're very much about like having you take something that's not a pill. So like, all right, you're gonna make this soup you're gonna make this basically potion 
a tea or, you know, just something that's easy um, that you can take um, that, you know, you kind of know what it is, right? So like a tea, something that's like natural, quote unquote, um, to, to take and, you know, you can get results and healing uh, not only your symptom or like what you're doing, but, but like yourself as a whole and meditation is a good start with that um, to add that on top as well. Holistic heal, it's just, um, it's, it's difficult because it's not as affordable for everybody. Yes. And so for example, the clinic that I go to, it's an integrative medicine clinic, which means mm -hmm. they, they bring both in. Yeah. They're not an anti-pill, mm -hmm. yeah. but they also try first to be as natural as possible, which yeah. for someone like me who has a lot of stomach and gut issues, I do need to try to be as natural as possible. And um, that's something that was huge for me, not only in terms of getting the care I needed, but when it comes to Western medicine, a big problem is insurance. Not to get on too big of a tangent, oh, but thanks. I mean, you, you get a half hour maybe with your doctor, and I don't, I don't know how many times I've had a doctor just like open a door and like, mm, time for you to go. And when I, when I went through all these doctors and nobody was figuring out what was wrong, they only wanted to stay in a box. So I would go to my primary care physician and say, this gastroenterologist isn't figuring it out. And he'd go, should I try another specialist? Should I try endocrinology, something? And he said, no, if this gastroenterologist isn't figuring it out, the Cleveland Clinic didn't figure it out, then you're probably just going to have to suck it up and live with it because they don't want to like oftentimes go outside of their box. So if a case like me, that was, it, it wasn't an easy fix that, you know, I did so much testing and it wasn't coming up with the answer. Um, I think a lot of times complex cases get treated poorly because they don't have that much time with you. They're only reimbursed for so much because of insurance, but that's why um, holistic clinics, usually don't take insurance, which means they're more expensive. But when I tell you I had yeah. my first appointment at this integrative medicine clinic and didn't take insurance, very, very fortunate that like, you know, I didn't do it for a long time, but I got to the point where I was like, I'm spending so much money on tests. I'm getting so many procedures done. I was getting MRIs. Like I was spending so much money on these tests that weren't figuring it out. I said, right. I might as well at this point put some money into someone who's going to look at me holistically. And my first appointment was two hours long. Yes. Two hours. Finally get the time you need. Like she listened to everything. I had a full binder that chronologically that had years of, I came in so prepared because I'm used to just trying to like get all of it out before they kicked me out of the room. And when I tell you, she just handed me a box of tissues and just listened for like two hours and has made the most progress with my health than any other provider has. Um, I, I don't like poo-poo all Western medicine, but I highly recommend yeah. people, especially if Western medicine is figuring it out. And if you can't afford it, to try integrative or holistic. It's to consider your whole body. Definitely. Like why, why don't all doctors do that? That's what I asked uh, ask them and ask everyone too. And um, excellent points made. Um, 
the the whole like uh, I guess you call it the hybrid um, care clinic and whatnot. Um, I, I could see how that's that's pricey because of um, they're mixing the Western and you mix in like um, pills and all that. That's all tied together. But um, if you're only doing um, the the other type of care, uh, which is the holistic healing only, maybe it can be a little bit less. Just varies where you go to, right? So, um, and that's something I noticed too about um, going to get checked out, like being referred to different places, but like um, putting you in a box is not the way to go to. I wish that they would be able to expand uh, things. I believe things are slowly starting to change, but I hope they can uh, speed up the process as well. So. Yeah. You often take your mental health into consideration. I mean, I had this doctor who, or my nurse practitioner who, um, when I needed to adjust the foods I was eating to try to feel better, she knew that I suffered from disordered eating. And she took that into account and said, I have a nutritionist for you who is like well-versed in eating disorders and will not just throw recipes at you and tell you what to cut out and what to eat. She will walk you through like the, the, the mental aspect of giving up all these foods you've had your whole life and, and like, we'll just be so holistic about it. So, um, that, that's something else that was really nice was that, you know, a holistic office, they would consider your mental health and not just say, Absolutely. I'm going to, I had, I had one time, a like a gallbladder surgeon just say like, I, I just take them out. I just take gallbladders out. I don't, I don't know anything else. Mm. I'm like, didn't you go to school to, to right. be a Did doctor? You? All you know is how to take, take a scalpel and take a gallbladder out. You don't know anything else about the human body. So yeah, absolutely. Holistic will take your brain into consideration and when your physical health impacts your mental health and vice versa the brain gut connection um that matters no i think we should just get ready to maybe ask the listeners if they have any questions for dj mabel before we go yeah any questions for our esteemed guest mabel if not, oh, that's okay. Yeah. Oh no, he said once. Once I am shirt. That's all right. I thought. Sorry. I, yeah, it's I thought a, that's a thing. Fun and you took your shirt off. <laughs> that's what I thought it said. <laughs> <laughs> While we're drawing up some questions, too, we'll give out some tips on uh, self care, um, and uh, CJ is gonna give some as well. Yep. So. Uh, first is simply to, it might not feel simple, but I'm going to put it in as few words as possible. Accept yourself as you are. And the second, focus on the basics. And they kind of limit in like adulting and all that, uh, not being easy. Uh, find what makes you happy. Practice mindfulness, uh, such as uh, meditation, will also reduce stress before it happens make small goals get some boundaries and oh. yes boundaries love that and yeah just take some time for yourself um once 
a day and remember that you are not alone and I did not mention there is um, just for a starter a command you are not alone which is the you are let me put it up there the letter U and R not alone it'll be a nice message right there take that as you will and yeah I found a article to end all like about self-care and it's by verilmind.com they do really good articles overall. overall and this one's about five self-care practices for every area of your life and pretty much the author breaks it down by five key practices so physical social mental spiritual and emotional self-care and you use those five key uh, mental health practices to build your self-care plan which can be very helpful when dealing with um, these practices in your daily life and not everyone is spiritual but uh, spirituality doesn't have anything to do with religion per se it doesn't mean you have to be religious like belong to a church you can have your fearing feelings of god and different things but this interesting article to read yeah to add some humor into that uh to you know the saying like to lift your spirits right we can make ourselves uh <laughs> whether it's dancing you know daybreaker uh being in the zoom uh or just uh being at home dancing things like that activities will help um i also like to mention through the mental health america uh, that you can visit to screen you want to get a sense of uh, where you're at, check any symptoms that you might have at MHA, the organization Mental Health America, mhascreening.org. And i uh, also like to add that um, a fast fact of people who took a depression screen at mhascreening.org in 2020, last year, 73% felt tired or said that they had very little energy at least half of the time or nearly every day. So... Um, again, uh, you're not alone, and uh, we mean that. Um, these facts back that up. Um, and you can say there's no right or wrong answer, although um, to be heard and to uh, have the resources, there are resources out there, such as MHA, uh, NAMI, um, as well as um, you can watch this back. I'll also mention Pillars. Um, as well, just to name a few. Uh, so, with that, um, I also like to mention uh, DJ Mabel's channel. She's gracious enough to show um, show up with uh, mental health resources. Uh, there's a command. I'd like to remind everyone what that command is. Whenever in the channel, and also when you're offline, you can also use that command to get the resource.
normal thing that's just had this stupid stigma put on it. That's um, exactly right. But I think it's so wonderful that you guys are talking about this because that's that's the biggest thing is talking about it and normalizing it and um, just being kind to yourself and to others. You know, giving yourself grace when you're having a hard day. That's okay, and and being kind to others. I wore my love your neighbor shirt because you have no idea what people are going through. You know, people can put such a mask on and um, try to present themselves to the world, you know, like they're okay, and they're not always okay. So be nice to each other, guys. Yeah, that's that's exactly right, and um, I'm up for that, uh, being nice. I do my best to look out for my neighbor, uh, whether they're with me or um, at home, uh, really ask how they're doing. Uh, I know some don't necessarily like to answer that fully, but uh, that is a really meaningful question that we can ask uh, one another, whether friends, whether it's someone that you see on the street, a uh, stranger, uh, what have you, um, looks like they're struggling, ask them how they're doing because um, just talking with them can really change their day, uh, the outlook. I can forecast for a brighter day, so. And you are a light um, within the community. Um, definitely, uh, personally, uh, to me, it's amazing to see uh, not only the work that you've done, but the person that you are. Um, I really admire you and uh, love you, so. With that said. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, I told you I'm a liar, so. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you, Gigi Mabel. <laughs>